Welcome to our chapter and verse study of the book of Revelation. It's a video series that's going to help us beware and be aware of the signs and the events and the spirit of the times to be ready for that last day, the day of the Lord's reappearing, the day when he will judge the living and the dead and make all things new. Uh, but while we wait, also this book will encourage us to be blessed, to not be afraid, because we do belong to Jesus. Now, we're in this chapter and verse study of uh, chapters 2 and 3, speaking of the letters that are written to the churches. So, this is the letter that is written to the church at Pergamum, Revelation chapter 2, beginning at verse 12. To the angel of the assembly in Pergamum write, he who has the sharp two-edged sword says these things. So, each letter begins with a description of uh, the one who is uh, giving the revelation to John. So this description is uh, that of the one who has the sharp two-edged sword in his mouth. Now, again, scripture interprets the scripture. So in Hebrews chapter 4, the the writer to the Hebrew says, the word of God is living and active, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow, and is able to discern the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So we have this um, this rendering of the word of God as a weapon, as the sword of the spirit, and it is coming out of the mouth of uh the mouth of God. Now in Ephesians chapter six, we are also encouraged to take up uh, the armor, um, but also we're given that weapon of the sword of the spirit. So Paul says, take the helmet of salvation. And he says, also the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God with all prayer and request, praying at all times in the spirit and being watchful to this end in all perseverance and requests for all the saints. So very clear, right? Scripture in it helps us interpret the scripture. Uh, the sword that is coming out of the mouth uh, is the word of God. So in Revelation chapter 2, verse 16, uh, the words are, Repent therefore, or else I am coming to you quickly, and I will make war against them with the sword of my mouth. Um, so again, we're thinking about different ways of fighting within um within our struggle with this world, right? Not the ways of the world, not with human uh, weapons, but rather with the sword of the Spirit, the sword coming out of the mouth of Jesus. Now, there's a commendation, Revelation chapter 2, verse 13, uh, says, I know your works and where you dwell, where Satan's throne is. So this little phrase, Satan's throne, or you could say where Satan dwells. You see that little phrase in chapter 2, verse 9, uh, chapter 2, verse 10, and 24. And it also will show up in Revelation chapter 3, verse 9. So, what is this place where Satan dwells? Well, where it's helpful to um, hear again the Gospels and the words of Jesus. And in Mark chapter 3, Jesus speaks about a house, or you could say a dwelling. And this dwelling is uh, occupied by a strong man, and he talks about a stronger one coming. 
and uh, plundering the house. So we're going to see that the stronger one is Jesus, and he wants to come and plunder the dwelling or uh, the habitation of the house of Satan. So Mark chapter 3, verse 25. Jesus says, if a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. If Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he can't stand, but has but has an end. But no one can enter into the house of the strong man to plunder unless he first binds the strong man, and then he will plunder his house. So this idea of a house, uh, the house of the Lord, or the dwelling, the tabernacling of God. We see it all throughout the scriptures. So at the end of Revelation, Revelation chapter 21, verse 3, it says, I heard a loud voice out of heaven saying, Behold, God's dwelling is with people, and he will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. So the imagery is, is that, yes, Satan has a dwelling, he has a habitation, a house. But the Messiah, Jesus, uh, is the stronger one. He comes to plunder, uh, plunder the house, the habitation of, of Satan. And one day, in all perfection, we will have that place, that dwelling where uh, God uh, himself dwells among his people. Now, Revelation chapter 2, verse 13, this commendation continues. He says, I know your works. And where you dwell, where Satan's throne is, but you hold firmly to my name and didn't deny my faith in the days of Antipas, my witness, my faithful one, who was killed amongst you where Satan dwells. And so we have a reference to a martyr, a name Antipas. Now the word martyr can simply mean witness, but in the days of persecution, when individuals were giving witness to the gospel, uh, what what was associated with that, what it came to mean is because of their witness, they suffered, uh, they suffered death. And so martyr, meaning witness, also came to mean um, the one who suffers because of the proclamation of the gospel, the one who gives a witness to Jesus, and because of that, uh, like Antipas, is, uh, is, uh, is killed. So Revelation chapter 2, verse 10 says, Don't be afraid then. Don't be afraid of the things which you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested and you will have oppression for 10 days. Be faithful to death and I will give you the crown of life. So this goes back to the previous letter to the church of Smyrna, that they're going to be persecuted, that they will suffer. Uh, and it gives a little um, a reference to a time, oppression for 10 days. And when we talked about Smyrna, that we said that that doesn't necessarily mean 10 literal days, but rather this idea of 10 being God's perfect number, uh, the limited, the perfect fulfillment fixed by by God himself with reference to Daniel chapter 1, uh, where Daniel and uh, his companions are tested uh, for for 10 days, uh, choosing not to eat the delicacies that come from the king's table, but rather uh, simply uh, vegetables. And so this, this reference again to, yes, you will be persecuted. Yes, you will suffer. And some of you will give your life even to death. But the time is set aside. It's limited. It is 
um, it has a perfect fulfillment. It is fixed by, by God. Now, Philippians chapter one, Paul understands this, uh, this idea of suffering, even to the point of death. And in verse 29, he says, for I know that this will turn out for my salvation through your prayers and the supply of the spirit of Jesus Christ. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. So the book of Revelation, um, it's a series that speaks very clearly to us, right? That in the last days, there will be suffering. There will be uh, persecution for the sake of the gospel. And we are to beware of that and be aware of it. That's the events. That's the signs. That's the spirit of the times. But uh, we are ready. Uh, We are ready for that last day of judgment, the reappearance of Jesus. But while we wait, even in the midst of persecution, um, we are blessed. We're not to be afraid because we do belong to Jesus, right? For us to live is Christ, but to to die is gain. 